Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Hope you're having a great Monday and welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. We've got a great show today. We're going to be talking with Mayor Billy Hughes of Gulfport to begin with. A lot of cool things to, to catch up on. And then we'll have Woody Bailey on the second half. So, you know, if there was a theme to today's show, it's cruising the coast, cruising the coast kicks into gear in full in a full way this week and um but we're going we're going to talk about some other things as well but before we go any further let me go ahead and bring my friend billy hughes into the conversation and first of all just say hey buddy how are you doing how are things going in the city of guffport these days well i'm kind of jealous seeing where you are i feel like i ought to go put some camo on uh <laughs> but no i got i got to work for a living here so i'm glad somebody's having a good time well, for those on those those of you on the radio, of course, the YouTube and Facebook audience can see I'm at our my lodge up in the up in the Mississippi Delta, and it's planning weekend, man. We're we're doing the weekend. We're recording this show just prior to the weekend, so we're going to play it on Monday morning. But it's a beautiful time. It's a little rainy up here right now, but we're we're hoping we can get the planning done and enjoy some times in the outdoors. So, uh, you know, I wish you were with me, my friend. Maybe at some point you could come up here and enjoy uh, some camp life with us. So. Uh, you guys had a big event over the weekend. What was that? Over the weekend? Yeah, for the the uh, at the at the. Oh aquarium. yeah, let me let me tell you the uh, the aquarium with the sea of stars, um, drone show, just uh, off the charts, but remarkable. Big celebration for the aquarium and kicking off the cruise in the coast weekend. Uh, and of course, view the cruise uh, took place all Saturday and Sunday in Gulfport with Amanda Shaw and Rockin' Dootsy and a lot of music and good times and. Classic cars, you know, people are beating a path to our door across the coast and, um, you know, Woody Bailey, I know he's coming on next and, uh, you know, most people may have an appreciation, but don't fully know how that has put us on the map nationally being the number one and number two ranked classic car show, you know, consistently throughout the years by USA Today. It's a remarkable celebration. Yeah, you know, you think about it, you know, what's so our as the publisher of the Sun here and having been at the Sun here for so long and then watching the the evolution of cruising the coast, there's no doubt about it that it has become for coastal Mississippi and this state in general, the ultimate outreach opportunity with people coming from all literally all over the world, literally all over the world to come yeah. to cruising the coast to participate. And we always knew, you know, you and I talked about this early on, Woody and I will talk about it in a few minutes, that people felt safe in their car. So yeah. You know, I, I think cruising the coast last year was was ultimately more successful than we we anticipated in the midst of the pandemic. Still, we're in the pandemic, but people have found a way to keep themselves safe, and they especially feel safe in their cars, and that creates an opportunity to have sort of a record a record cruising the coast this year. You got to be super excited about that. Well, it's one of those who'd have thunk it kind of things looking back 25 years ago, but even with what we dealt with last year, you know, it's good clean fun. And if you have concerns and need to still distance, then, you know, because it's mostly outdoors, you can still do that and enjoy it and keep your distance from folks. Or you can get up close to those cars and check them out, maybe buy one or two while you're there. But it's uh, uh, there's just so, so much opportunity. And this, uh, like much of America, this is the prettiest time of the year. And uh, we're no exception to that. 
Well, we've had uh, you've had our, our share of rain this year. We we know that well. Yeah. And you know, I, I think I think I've I said on the show last week that where my sons and I used to fish, or you know, near our house in Back Bay, where we used to catch speckled trout and redfish, we catch bass now. <laughs> There's there we've never gone into October, Billy, with fresh grass. I mean, I'm not talking about some in wild uh, grass, but freshwater grass that's just healthy and growing all over the bay. It's it's really incredible. The record the record rain has uh, has been truly unbelievable, hasn't it? Well, it's been too much. You know, we've got more than our share, um, but um, everybody's looking for a little bit of balance. But at least you're still catching fish, so that's good. <laughs> and that's the truth. That's the truth. You know, we look back. We look back, and you said you're, you're right. I think when we when cruising the coast started, I don't think anyone realized that it would become what it did today. That was that was a really good point. And each year we have it, we're reminded once again just how important it is, just how, I mean, we, we get one chance to, to, to leave a first impression. People come here, they have this incredible drive down Highway 90, one of the most unique sort of cruising destinations in the country. And then they go back home and they brag about it to their friends. You hear that over and over and over again. But you think about the role that Woody Bailey has played in this thing from the very beginning. Man, that guy has been sort of, he has really stood the test of time, hasn't he? He has, you know, you know, he's he's coached through and through, and he was really uh, kind of figuring out what we were all trying to scratch our heads. How do we extend our tourism season? That's so much of our bread and butter, again, across the coast uh, and, and so important. And, you know, cruising for me, and I think a lot of it sets the tone for the fall, uh, and it did fill a gap and a void to keep people coming and, and making those ambassadors, particularly new visitors. You know, we talk about that. I had no idea moment. Oh, my gosh, I got to tell my friends that I'm coming back. You won't believe. Yeah, it's Mississippi. Yeah, it's coastal Mississippi, and it's the coolest place on earth. You got to go. And we're going back year after year. That's the thing. We have more people or repeat visitors for this uh, across up and down the coast. And, and I, I think the masterful point of it is throughout the course of this, you know, weekend to weekend and throughout the week, there is something at every different city across the coast. So it's not just one group. Uh, you know, hogging it or, or working it, people can go as, you know to one point or the other, see something different. Uh, it's just it's a great celebration, and and I think it is unique. I would say in America, the way the way that it's done, most classic car shows are static. You know, oh, they park it there and you go and look. There's not a lot of cruising, and so um, uh, there's a lot of benefit, you know, to to the area. And and uh, you know, that's one thing we looked at. Well, how do we extend it beyond cruising mid fall? And that's where uh, we came up with the idea of the harbor lights, which is, you know, again, an another draw that we'll talk about. You know, we lost it last year because of the storm. And if Mother Nature leave us alone, it's going to be bigger and better than ever. But we'll talk about that later. This week is about cruising and about those uh, serious fine cars and the people, you know, tens of thousands of visitors coming to town. So tens of thousands of visitors, you know, nearly 10,000 cars. Maybe we'll have more than that. Who knows? But at the end of the day, what it does, is, you know, you and I, We've been so in lockstep about this point. As publisher of the Sun-Herald, we developed what we called the, the South Mississippi strategy, working harder to represent the entire region, to push those things that are common issues. Roland taught me well as it relates to that. And your time in the legislature and certainly as a mayor, you really, you really understand the whole notion of this regional approach to 
promoting coastal Mississippi. You think about how cruising takes advantage of that. I mean, you said it a, a minute ago, you know, it's not just one destination. It's literally taking advantage of each of the cities so people can get a sense of this unique sense of place that exists in each of the cities that come together to create this great region we know as coastal Mississippi. I, I, I tell you, it, it has infiltrated people's thinking in so many cool ways. Um, I had Tish Williams on last week, and we were talking about how uh, Bay St. Louis and Waveland, Diamond Head, but particularly in this particular case, we we're talking about Bay St. Louis because my sister Mitzi had gone over there with her husband, Mac Harper, and she sent me a picture from there, and it was just booming. I mean, Bay St. Louis, you know this, it's just booming. And But what's cool about it is that Tish, when she talks about it, she she talks about it in relation to, yes, this is great, but what's great about it is that people can use Bay St. Louis as this launch pad to see the rest of the coast. And then when I talk to someone like Julian Rankin from the Walter Anderson Museum, he talks about it in the same way, that it's, you know, this is this is one place, this is one destination that people can arrive at. And then what we want them to do is we want to encourage them to drive over to Bay St. Louis. We want them to stop off and go upward in Long Beach and Pasquishan and, and Biloxi on the way. Um, man, when our tourism areas work together and the way that they do for cruising the coast, it really does give us a chance to maximize and really create synergies around this collection of communities and how it, how it forms this region we call coastal Mississippi. That's always been important to you, hasn't it? Without a doubt. And again, it's that diversity of economy, diversity of people, the cuisine that we have to offer. It's just most folks are blown away because of how they what they expect uh, and is not always a positive when they come to Mississippi and they come here and uh, they want to come back time and again and tell that story. You talk about live, work and play. So it's not just about events like cruising, but cruising it really does encapsulate a whole lot. And again, it raises our profile in a very positive fashion. Uh, and, and, you know, people come here for a good time, a good experience, and they get it. And so it's very consistent. So it's a hell of a brand for us to be able to promote. How you think about over the years, I, I tell you, I can't think, I help but think about the evolution of the Gulfport VA site since Hurricane Katrina. What a, what a, what an incredible addition to the offerings here in, in Gulfport. I mean, you got to be excited about that. Uh, every day, um, you, you know, it, things take time. And uh, to find investors that believe in your community, that, that want to put money into something. And, uh, you know, we were talking millions of dollars into these uh, amenities. And sometimes, you know, one builds off of another. But we've always said that that VA site, uh, you know, was just uh, a diamond in the rough. And now that it's uh, going and viable, and we've had a good year, not encumbered by a hurricane or by COVID or some sort of economic shutdown. We've seen what it can do. And um, it is a draw in a big way for everything from families to, you know, folks again wanting to go out and eat or just have a good night or a place to walk around. And the fact that it is cruising central, again, is another showcase spot. Uh, it, it has always been the ideal spot, but now that it is viable and dressed up, it is, uh, it, it really, I think, sets the tone for our visitors coming in that we're at a true resort uh, to kick things off. What I would say to you as we come to the end of this segment, that if you haven't taken that drive to Gulfport to drive through Centennial Park, or you, you should do that. Centennial Plaza is, a, is a, I think, the formal name, but the, the, the live oaks and the way these incredible buildings sort of are, are 
positioned on that on that campus and the investment that's being made there really really nice i mean if i'm a if i'm coming down here from chicago with my car and i go there and i'm looking out over over the uh, beach to the gulf of mexico i'm thinking my gosh is there is there a better place on earth so anyway we're going to continue this conversation with mayor billy hughes when we come on the other side talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live this is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Mayor Billy Hughes, my longtime friend, and uh, you know, he spent a lot of time in the Mississippi legislature, which gives him such a great perspective, the state perspective, but about the inner workings and how do you get things done in this city, in this uh, well, in the city but certainly in this state as well. But, you know, Billy, we were talking about Centennial Plaza and the transformative role that it, it is and will continue to play as more investments are made there, et cetera. Uh, part of the role as a mayor, though, is to really think forward several years and to think about the role of of transformation in your city. And, you know, we've got unprecedented pots of money that are sitting out there, whether it be BP or whatever it might be, that could be invested in your city. But having having a vision for that and recognizing that your downtown can play a huge role, actually, in the new economy as we think about technology jobs coming here. It could be people who want to live, work, and play in the same area. But you spend a lot of time thinking about that vision, don't you? Well, we do, um, and, and you know, we always want to try to try to push forward and see what's the uh, the next step to to round out our economy, our offerings to get people to you know be able to do more and want to stay here when they come to visit, and and so everything has to be looked at as a catalyst, and you need to evaluate it from a positive and a negative standpoint. Does this inhibit us, or does this move us forward? And that was a kind of the collective decision we made on the aquarium. Uh, the, the, the investment that was made in um, Centennial Plaza was because we knew the aquarium was going to bring a lot more folks here that it was going to put us again at that closer to that resort destination level for folks to want to come. Uh, and as they built it out, they expanded the idea of a little water park there, which, uh, which makes families want to go. So you've got a family component, you've got an adult component. Uh, and then, you know, you've got this group, uh, hopefully the Markham, you know, we keep, it keeps getting put off, but the fact of the matter is there's work being done. And as we come out of this economic downturn and this COVID malaise, uh, there's work. So in the next year or two, we'll see that come online. Uh, there's great discussion about multi-use, uh, particularly uh, Rick Carter, Roy Anderson, and uh, Stuart Speed have this, uh, this, this dream to put uh, a facility that, again, can be another game changer at the intersection of I-10 and uh, Highway 90 and Highway 49. Um, so it will change the profile of downtown Gulfport again and bring other opportunities for people to, you know, be in a walkable downtown that we all talked about, you know, coming out of Katrina, how we make our communities more walkable, more accessible, more attractive. And it is perfectly cited for this blue economy that is occurring uh, on the state port with the University of Southern Mississippi and the School of Oceanographic Sciences. And uh, it is just one domino after another that is falling in the right way, but it takes a large, large group of folks that embrace a similar vision. There's not, there's not always a coordination there, but if you see one group doing one thing, sometimes it leads to another and there is a lot of synergy that occurs. And that's what you try to try to seek is, uh, you know, what is going to be the next catalyst to bring more and more in and more opportunity for our people. 
So, Billy, what's interesting, you and I got to know Leland Speed really well. Leland, man, his, his efforts after Hurricane Katrina on behalf of, of Coastal Mississippi were significant, his leadership of the MDA. Uh, but now his son, Stuart, runs his company, and Stuart is the real deal. And I know that you've had the opportunity to visit some of his projects. I spent time as the publisher of the Press Register in Mobile and uh, had the opportunity to lead the oil planning, all recovery planning efforts for Governor Riley after the oil spill and worked very closely with Sandy Stenson at the time. It, you know, he was his family in the lumber mill business and, and the, in the uh, lumber business in general. And then he became the, the, the uh, mayor of, of Mobile. And he's just a really good friend. He's very passionate. And uh, Stewart's done some, you know, really actually not far from where my office was there in, uh, from Water Street, actually, there in Mobile. Stewart's done a significant development there as well. But you know, when you can attract someone of his caliber who really knows how to make these things happen, um, you really want to keep them on the hook, don't you? Uh, you do. You do. You want to. You want to keep them engaged and involved. And look, they they see opportunity as well. And um, uh, you, you try to make things easy. Things that are worthwhile are usually uh, take a lot of effort. Sometimes they're difficult to, to you know to bring to bear. And there's a lot of moving parts. And so many of the discussions we're having in theirs is a good case about public-private partnerships. You know, if there's money out there to leverage, you have to do it. But on the on the, on the public sector side, but the private sector needs to bring some things to bear to show where there's a benefit to the public if we're going to put monies into that. Uh, you know, if they're available, whether it's through a BP settlement or or, or you know another another fund. But we want to be smart about it. But when you have something that when you identify a need and one of our needs are multi-use, you know, downtown uh, apartment living, some more parking. You know, there, there are the, all those things that this tends to address that and make us viable, not just during the work day, but also in the evening. And uh, once you have that, you know, more is going to come. So, again, that blue economy I was talking about, we're going to have hundreds of new jobs, high tech, high paying jobs that are going to uh, eventually lead to even more people coming in and providing the same type of jobs to service these industries that are here or that are on their way and they have to live somewhere, right? Um, they're gonna wanna shop somewhere. They're gonna want to have things to do. And so our, our beachfront's ready, our waterfront's ready, Jones Park is, is going on. And you find this up and down the coast. You mentioned Bay St. Louis. Man, on the on the weekends, it's it's awesome to see that you know it's the Wild West. Uh, great <laughs> entertainment. Ocean Springs is fantastic. You know, Biloxi's building a lot of things out, and every spot in between. You had uh, I think you had Pascagoula on earlier in the week too, and uh, they've got a lot of exciting things happening. So, you know, what benefits one ultimately benefits us all, even if it's not immediately in your backyard. And that's what that whole one coast thing. You know, we talked about that doesn't mean everybody has to agree on everything on how to do it but the fact of the matter is, is one component of our coast is doing well it has to positively affect the rest of us well we've you know just just one final comment about that and i'll see what you think about uh, the need to sort of preserve the coastal mississippi regional efforts but the thing about the thing about uh, coastal mississippi we are a collection of relatively small communities that, that's the reality but at the end of the day when you bring them all together there may be diversity and differences of opinion all these things happening in each of the cities but there are so many common issues that we can that we can come together on whether it be around infrastructure whether it be around uh, 
you know, regional tourism and how we promote ourselves as a region. There's so many issues. And I think one of our claims to fame going forward will be that we found a way to preserve the thing that makes each community unique. And we found a way to get on the same page about those things that we that we share as common issues. And that's going to make it so that when we go to Jackson or when we go to Washington, we can speak with one voice. That's always been the case. And we've made tremendous strides in that way. And any efforts to undo that would not be a good thing, would it be, Billy? Look, the fear, anytime, you know, at least years of my lifetime, when people would talk about you know, whether it's consolidation or, you know, that cooperation where we cooperate, but we compete or any sort of collaboration, we've let folks, you know, say, oh, no, well, we don't want to be like, you know, Gulfport or Biloxi or Long Beach or whatnot. And, and we're missing the point that absolutely we don't. We want to keep our uniqueness because that's what makes us as a region more attractive, more interesting. But the fact of the matter is, and I learned this in Jackson, in the, in the legislature, we are viewed as the coast. Um, uh, and, and we are lauded as the coast, but sometimes we're maligned as the coast too. And uh, I would I'd get some people would say, man, I love to see you guys fight amongst yourselves because that means we're gonna get our act together while y'all are still trying to figure it out. So when we started speaking with one voice and showing some solidarity, um, uh, Folks stood up and started paying attention, said, oh, man, they could be a political dynamo if they get their act together, if they will coordinate and communicate. Some folks don't want that to happen. Um, but the fact of the matter is that's, you know, we're better for it. A guy told me early in my political career, and I, that I tried to heed the, the advice, we had a disagreement on something. But we talked through everything. and We still didn't come to an agreement. But he said, you know, if both of us agree on everything, one of us isn't necessary. And that spoke volumes to me that we can have discussions, we can disagree. The problem is sometimes when we disagree, somebody gets their feelings hurt or, you know, uh, or, or somebody says something that maybe they shouldn't say, but we let that disagreement become divisiveness. And, and um, every disagreement is not a declaration of war. It is something for us to work further on and find some common ground where there is and, and agree on the things we can agree on. It's either set the others aside or go and work on them. But, um, you know, even with one coast, it's not about singing Kumbaya. It's about finding a better path for all of us in a general sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as it relates to coastal Mississippi tourism, as we come to the end of this segment, you're hopeful. You're hopeful that we'll, we'll find the right solution and be able to preserve regionalism. Yeah, look, I'm always hopeful. Um, I think that's part of my job, trying to be an optimist, trying to find that better path. And there's a lot of adversity. And like I said, there again, there's a lot of folks who are in the uh, look at social media. They're in the hate mongering, fear mongering business as opposed to accentuating that positive. But I really think, again, because, you know, uh, they adopted the, the secret coast. That didn't happen by accident. We are America's best kept secret still. And people are starting to discover us. But it talked about. Um, where we have an opportunity, where we have a need to educate the world and America in particular about this great drive to market. Um, and we're better together uh, with this regional compact that took years to put together. So I'm very hopeful that we will be able to continue and find a way to get good representation and get those diverse voices on the board that functions well uh, and, and continues to move us forward. And uh, yeah. I like the fact that, you know, Milton did a lot of things based on metrics and he showed us how we're how we're you know able to be successful and having some actual measurements instead of things going well my gut tells me we're pretty good you know you had science to back that gut up 
Yeah. It was a data-driven leader. Hate to see him go. But look, we're going to, this is part of the maturation process. We'll figure out what the path forward is. There are too many people now engaged in this discussion to just let it be where it is. So anyway, Billy, thank you so much. Good luck with cruising this week. All right. Everybody have a good, safe time. You bet. When we come back, we have Woody Bailey and David Shoemaker. See you after this. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.